Hey guys, welcome to the second episode of B is for Being. Um, sounds really weird saying that because it sounds like some kind of official podcast when I say it like that. So for today's show, I decided to interview Annika, one of my really good friends who I met in Berlin. Uh, she was actually one of the first people I met. I think we met like four days after I first got there. I thought I'd interview her today because of her ability to just take care of herself. This is something I've just watched her do for as long as I've known her. So I wanted to talk to her and just see how she does it. Like what, what's going on for her when she realizes she needs to leave a situation and how she takes care of herself. Because it's something I've realized it's incredibly important to be able to express yourself. You need to feel safe in whatever environment you find yourself in. And for me, it's really helped tuning into how I feel and listening to, to what I need. And once I'm aware of what I need to feel safe and to feel comfortable, then taking action on that. So, yeah, I guess without going on and on, here's the interview. Maybe we should just start like with with where we are. I gotta get used to switching the microphone to me. Yeah. And then to you. Okay. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Where we are. Where we are. <laughs> okay, so we are in Eichenbühl, which is in southern Germany, in my parents' house. And we're in this room, which is a guest bedroom. But which seems also to be used as an office or something. And it's really hot in here. I think it's 30 degrees outside and there's no aircon here. And it's really quite warm in this room. Yeah, we shut all the doors. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> to, yeah, to get the car sounds out. Yeah. Or to leave them out, rather. Shoo, shoo, out with you, car sounds. Shoo, shoo. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, the, like the reason why I wanted to talk to you today was because it's nice to talk to you. Stop it, you. Um, but also, yeah, I feel like you're one of these people who who knows how to take care of themselves. And <clears throat> like, I, like, we've known each other for probably just over two years now. Hmm. Like, I met you when I came <clears throat> when I came to Berlin. Yeah. Within like four days. Yeah. It was pretty clear, like, we both thought we were pretty cool. <laughs> like, I thought you were pretty cool. <laughs> I've seen you in a number of different situations where you you just take care of yourself. And that's kind of why I wanted to talk to you, because I wanted to know your side of it and, how, like, from your perspective, yeah. how does it feel? Or is there a conscious decision, like, hey, this doesn't feel right for me, this situation, I'm going to... I'm going to get out of here or I'm going to change something or I'm going to go somewhere else. Mm. Did I tell you the Houdini story? No. <laughs> that when I was in La Réunion where I did my Erasmus semester, I was hanging out with these other Erasmus students, mostly English people and a few French. And sometimes there was a big group and everyone was sitting in the kitchen together and enjoying food or I don't know what. And uh, during my time there, I felt that strong urge to have my share of alone time. So sometimes I would be in the group. And then all of a sudden I would feel like, 
nah, I'd rather be alone now and read or write or do whatever. And then <laughs> I couldn't be bothered to do the whole routine of saying, hey, I'm going. Then everyone's like, oh, why are you going? Stay with us, blah, blah, blah. So I would just get up and leave because we're all in the same house anyway. We see each other every day anyway. And then apparently people would be like, after five minutes, oh, where's Annika? Oh, she did the Houdini again. Or oh, Houdini? Houdini. Houdini, right. She did the Houdini again. Which is not the most elegant way of dealing with this. But I guess what I'm trying to illustrate with this story is that I think just without thinking about it so much, or naturally, I don't really know, I just... I can feel or understand quite quickly if I don't like a situation and have no troubles just leaving that situation. I mean, of course, that situation wets much harder and it would be so impolite to do this or I don't know what, but I think generally it's quite easy for me. But I don't think I ever worked for that or I, I don't think I ever made a conscious decision to do that. So that's why I can't really <laughs> give you some great insight or great advice or anything on that right and does this feeling like how do you feel the feeling when you're like okay i need to leave now um it depends on the situation of course but often i would get unrestful and restless oh thank you <laughs> restless and yeah i, I just hmm. i'm trying to think whether that's a feeling in my body yeah, I guess it's just this nervousness that I kind of want to get up and move and I get unfocused. I can't really concentrate on the conversations anymore. And then I know, okay, it's time to go either just for some minutes to be by myself for some minutes or to leave the situation for good. Yeah. Like I've seen you do that. <laughs> and as, yeah, as the I said. The Houdini. Yeah, I've seen you do the Houdini. <laughs> It's so impolite and weird. <laughs> but do you ever get people saying, hey, like, what the heck's going on? Like, sort of accusing you of being selfish or, or not thinking about others when you do, when you just take yourself out? Like, um, No. No one ever said this to me. Maybe people are scared. No. Um, <laughs> no, that never happened. And it never occurred to me either because I guess people can take care of themselves and even though I'm a pretty cool person I don't think I'm indispensable so people should be happy without me I guess yeah the reason why I asked that question was because I have struggled with like I can feel when I'm feeling uncomfortable I can mm. feel what I'm feeling <laughs> <laughs> um, I know when I'm feeling uncomfortable in a situation yeah and if I just listen to my body I'd just like get up and do the Houdini. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But oftentimes I don't. I'm, and I'm, I've gotten way better at this. Mm -hmm. and, but I, I haven't done it before because <clears throat> it's felt selfish. Like, mm -hmm. not just selfish. Like, I'm worried about the other people. What would they think yeah. if I just left? And that, that seems more powerful. So I just sit there and put up with it. Yeah. And it just doesn't, doesn't feel good. It feels better to to take myself out of the situation or just change it. Maybe I'm speaking to someone I don't mm. really enjoy speaking to. or I mean, also, I don't just easily get up every time. So it's easy in a group situation. It's easy in a party. It's easy 
when there's a group of friends. It's of course harder if there are less people, say... Actually, as soon as there are two people, I'm quite... I'm feeling quite comfortable just to leave. But if there's only one person, of course, it gets much harder, especially if... Yeah, if they're your family. I think it's the hardest with family for me anyway. I know what you mean, though. I've, I've found it extra challenging with um, with removing myself from, like, family situations that I find difficult. Mm. Why, do you think, why do you think it's harder? You know, like, because well, you said with two people, what if you're with your mum and your dad uh, and it's not feeling good, you know, it's... It, why do you think it's harder? Well, for me, it's harder because when I'm with my parents, I... I fall back into being this awkward child in this awkward village I don't like. And I fall back into those family dynamics where my dad tells me stuff and I have to listen or my mom's giving me advice I don't want to hear or want to have. And it's, yeah, I don't know. I think I put up with a lot of stuff that I wouldn't put up with other people just because I fall back into being the child. It has so many layers to it. Because there's also this, I guess for me, there's a bit of a feeling of guilt that I'm like, okay, I know they love me and um, I feel like I can't even show them how much I love them. And then I only come home two or three times a year and then I kind of want to make up for all the time where they don't see me and then I want to be extra nice and an extra good daughter. And then it's even harder because then I feel like, okay, if I'm leaving this situation now, um, that is kind of unpleasant to me for me because, say, my dad talks for ages about politics and it gets boring for me or it's just interesting but, I don't know, it gets hard to listen to after quite a while. And then I feel like if I remove myself now, I'm kind of being ungrateful because he's talking about politics because he wants to spend time with me and he wants to share something and he wants to create a, an experience. And then removing myself from this is kind of denying his offer of, hey, I I want to communicate with you. I want to spend dad-daughter time with you. And then the guilt kicks in. (laughs) And then it's harder to leave because I feel like I'm not just doing this for me. Like, oh, this is a nice conversation. It's interesting, but I feel like I'm doing this for him. And there's so much assumptions going on here. Because... I don't know, I have this weird way of treating my parents a bit like they're much weaker than they probably actually are. I don't know, I guess all I'm trying to say is that they're very weird dynamics and those weird dynamics make it hard just to treat this interaction like a grown-up, grown-up interaction, but just instead it becomes this daughter-parents interaction and the, the hierarchies are just it's not on an eye level. There's a very clear hierarchy here. It's interesting. I've felt the same way with my parents. I think <laughs> now that I think about it, I think this is really common. And I, I'm curious as to why we feel like we owe them something, hmm. you know, and we feel like we feel guilty if we're not listening properly or we, you know, we can tell that they really want to hang out with us or they really want to tell us this story, but it's just not the right time for us to listen mm. or 
we've got something else on our on our mind. Yeah. And I guess for me, I feel like if I stop listening, then they'll be mad. Hmm. Yeah. And, and that's kind of like. Or they'll be hurt. Or they'll be hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I you know, I, I don't like that. Um, yeah. But it's not just this like, oh, it's not nice. It's like a, it's like a big deal. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, uh, well, it makes sense because if you think about it, your parents, they, they gave you everything, you know, they spent so many years just wiping your butt and carrying you around and spending every minute of their life in the first years and then not all of their minutes but quite some minutes of their life just looking after you making sure you're okay giving you all their love um driving you to school caring for you when you're sick paying your food paying your rent paying your school fees mm. and i don't actually think that we can ever pay them back but also i don't think that this is what is supposed to be expected if you know what i mean I mean, I think you can definitely be a good child by loving them back, calling them, being nice to them, and especially when they get older and they have to be taken care of to do that. And I think one has to rethink, I guess. I'm not I'm, like I'm not really sure because Technically or theoretically, I think that I have to change the way I think about our relationship. But it's kind of hard because I still feel like, oh, wow, I, I really owe you. And maybe it's stronger for me because I'm still studying and my parents still support me financially. So I feel like I'm even more in this role of the daughter who still gets supported by their parents, which makes it even harder to step out of this dynamic. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Guilt is such a weird thing and such a strong, unpleasant feeling. As you said, we can never really repay our parents for yeah. all that they do for us. Yeah. So then what does the what's the role of guilt? Like, is it useful <laughs> or does it just make us feel bad? Like, do we even need to, to yeah. feel guilty anymore if there's nothing we can do to change the fact that we are we are these people people's child yeah. <laughs> and they have given us all of this hmm. uh, love affection support all of it yeah. you know unconditionally so i'm thinking like oh like maybe i think it's easier said than done to to just get rid of guilt but yeah i think accepting that we feel guilty but then seeing okay is there anything i can do about this and if the answer is no then perhaps looking at other ways we can manage that guilt and just sort of thinking, okay, I feel guilty right now, but there's nothing I can really do. Um, what I will do is show my appreciation for them, mm. help them, them out when they need it. Mm. But this feeling of guilt is kind of, kind of <laughs> paralyzing and re yeah. really doesn't have any place in, in, um, like a, in a practical sense. Yeah, no actually getting into the way of interacting with your parents honestly and truthfully mm. yeah i'm also wondering how much it has to do with expectations with expectations that you think your parents have of you or towards you or towards. um but also 
um, expectations that you have for yourself? What does it mean to be a good daughter, to be a good son, to be a good child? And maybe these expectations are way too high. Mm. And maybe this is why we feel guilty, because we don't fulfill the role that we think we should have. What do you, what are some expectations you have of yourself, like as being a, a good daughter or? Oh, I think I kind of feel like I should be home more often. I should call more often. I should be more interested in the stories my parents tell me. I should open up more. I should share more. Yeah, and then I'm trying to. Because part of the reason why I'm not coming home so often or why in the past two years I came home way less often than I used to is because I felt like I needed this space to protect myself, to create a safe space for myself and I guess remove myself from these dynamics that don't feel so good. And as I get stronger or more self-secure, I don't know, I think I gradually can have more contact again. So I lost my thread. You you're talking about needing that space away from them to step out of that dynamic. Ah, yeah. So so there's this one part of me that tries to protect myself and to listen to myself. What do, what do I need right now? Okay, what I need is not to go home. And then this other part is expectation, and the expectation says, okay, you should go home. And then this is kind of fighting against each other. And sometimes the one side wins, sometimes the other. But really, I guess it's not about fighting the expectations, but being aware of them and examining, examining them. And then changing them. But I'm not sure whether I ever did that consciously. Maybe I didn't. Sounds like you were doing it subconsciously, though. Like, or yeah. somewhat consciously if I mean what you just said you felt like this space was yeah. beneficial for you in finding yourself and, and, and developing like just feeling more independent or just knowing who you are maybe separate of yeah, yeah. of your family yeah absolutely right was there was there a piece of advice your parents gave you when you were growing up that that has kind of stuck with you? Even though we can hear the phone in the background, <laughs> I'd like you to answer that. <laughs> that stuck with me. Maybe it wasn't even something they directly said to you, but maybe a way of, a way you saw them interacting with other people or how they were in the world. Yeah, yeah, I think that rather happened. I don't think there's any sentence I could repeat, but what I, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is just their absolute openness to people and their friendliness and they're so interested in, in, in people and what they're up to and they have this trust in people and in themselves and in me and I think this trust is a very strong basis for myself because I really trust myself, I trust my feelings, I trust my decisions. And even though I do have a lot of insecurities, of course, but I know I, I don't know any other way to 
to put it then that I have trust in the world and have trust in people and and that makes life very easy because if someone tells me they like me or they are thinking a certain way then I don't have any reasons to doubt that unless they give me some fishy feelings and then I trust my stomach of course but actually that I've seen that come out a lot in you from from um well since I've known you like even though I saw this trust coming from you in in other people I still when I first saw it I was like what this is like totally naive like like these people can't be trusted and she's just trusting them mm -hmm. and uh, at the time I was coming from a place where and this, see it always reflects back to your um what's going on inside you like my thoughts of you being naive that's just a reflection of of what I was my internal processes and how I saw the world mm. because I saw these people as genuinely not to be trusted mm. and what yeah. you know they were not necessarily dangerous people it was just like how can you be so open and so friendly with someone you've just met yeah and that just didn't fit into my idea of how the world was no. because of the environment I grew up in yeah and it wasn't a horrible environment But there were interactions I witnessed with my parents and other people that told me, hey, not everyone can be trusted. Mm, there yeah. are scary people out there. Yeah. I saw the world according to those beliefs. Yeah. And what I'm getting at here is that I saw you interact with these people in this way. And at first I'm like, oh my God, like, <laughs> Annika's got no idea. <laughs> and, <Stupid girl. laughs> and I, you know, I felt all superior, like I know what's going on, like. Oh my gosh, she's going to get a real wake up call one day when she finds someone that she that she just trusts and they end up hurting her or whatever. And that hasn't happened. And not only has that not happened is the fact that well basically you were role modeling this trusting behavior and I picked up on it. I was like, "Hmm, wonder how that feels." Just to deep, but just trust people. Just treat them as good and friendly. How's that go? And I felt incredibly good. Like there's this, like this well-being, and it felt much more, much easier. Instead of walking around like, oh, can you be trusted? Can you be trusted? I don't know about him. Instead, it's just like, yeah, everyone can be trusted. And sometimes, yes, a person does come along that you shouldn't be around, but at that point, it's really clear. You're like, you, you know, it's like that's not a good feeling. I'm out of here. So I learned to, I guess I learned to trust that I would know when it was the right time to um, get away from a person. Yeah. And just the fact that it feels pleasant to trust people. <laughs> and when you show, when you, when you bring this trust to an interaction, someone you just meet and you're open, it feels great. It's, it, you're open to that person and what they're telling you, what they're saying, who they are, and learning from them. Yeah, it gives you so much. You get back so much from people. You get back so much enthusiasm and friendliness and openness, and it's great. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. Like, you, you, you get back what you, what you give, I think. 
Anyway, I don't know how practical all this is to someone listening to this. <laughs> I was thinking the same, like, as not sure how much is coming out of there. <laughs> sure, like, there's no real action steps or, or like... <laughs> yeah, you know, just trust. It's that easy. Come on, just do it already. Right. <laughs> If you could go back and tell your 16-year-old self something hmm. about the world just to give your 16-year-old self one piece of advice, something to do or stop doing or some comfort, support, whatever, mm. what would that be? You're asking that just for a lot of feelings because um, <clears throat> I was not in a happy place when I was 16. Um, I didn't really like myself and I didn't like my body and... Um, I didn't f really figure it where I was. I don't know, what would I tell myself? I mean, I'm so much wiser now. And I'm so much happier now. Um, and I feel like a big part of why I'm so much happier now is because I could leave the, the environment I was in and could moved to a place that truly felt like home, which is Berlin for me. Where I could be myself and find the friends that I want to instead of being stuck with the people that are here. I mean, I also had great friends here, of course, but it felt like it was quite limited. <laughs> it's kind of a hard question because I don't know whether any words would have helped with what I had to feel in order to know that it's true. Like that I'm beautiful, that I'm lovable, that um, that I'm smart, that I can do things. I guess if I could go back, I maybe wouldn't tell me anything because that wouldn't help much. I guess I would try to send myself a mental image of where I am now. Just to kind of give me hope, to let me know, hey, things are going to be okay. You're going to be really happy. You're going to be surrounded by great people. And you're going to be do the things that you love. Yeah, maybe something like that. Have there been certain experiences which have provided a lot of growth or insight? I think what was vital for me was just space. To have space for myself. Um, space that I know that couldn't be invaded by anyone both a physical and a mental space. Because then in this space where I didn't have to react to anyone or to react to anyone's expectations or to invest energy into defending myself or to protecting myself, when I had this space I could just be me or find out who is this me because we have so many aspects anyway or so many identities. Um, But yeah, whenever I feel like I don't have enough space, then I can tell, okay, I'm tensing up or um, I can't move freely, I can't breathe, and then I need to make that space, either physically or mentally. Most of the time, both goes hand in hand. Okay, so if you make physical space for yourself by leaving, leaving a situation or a place, yeah. then a, a mental space also comes? Yeah. And leaving a place can mean just get up and walk out or it can mean move out of a place or 
change the country or I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, hopefully you have the the resources to do that. Mm. If it's um moving house or or um exiting a relationship, you know, these are big things. Yeah. These are big things and I think it takes a lot of courage to 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 listen to that yeah. and then to act on it. Yeah. Hey, I, I don't know. Do you have any advice or suggestions about how you <laughs> felt today when uh, me asking you questions or anything like that? Um, something I can improve on or not or what? <laughs> well, knowing you a bit, I think the advice I would like to give you is because I know you tend to be a perfectionist and I know that you want things to be good, that they, you want them to be helpful, that you want the tone to be right, that you want to provide something that touches something within people. And I think by trying to make it the best, you kind of get in the way of yourself. So I think my advice for you would be to allow things to be crappy, <laughs> allow things to be not polished, allow things to be to have faults. It doesn't need to be perfect, it doesn't need to be amazing. It just needs to be whatever you feel like at that moment and put it out there and then some people will like it, some won't like it, but those who like it they will really appreciate it and Cool. I think I can put some of that into practice. All right. Well, thanks for speaking with me today. It's been great. Yeah, it was fun. I don't know how to end these <laughs> things. Um, thanks for having me in your show, Ben. <laughs> hey, no worries, man. <laughs> don't you call me man. I'm a woman. Oh. Okay. But once you call me a woman, I'll complain that you put me into this defined category of woman and then I will be mad at you too, so you can only lose. Great. <laughs> Great. Maybe I won't publish this pod, this interview <laughs> just to get back at you. I don't trust you. <laughs> no.